Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC and enjoy the sermon. Good morning, everyone. Good morning also to all of those who are watching and worshiping online. We're glad you joined us at the river today. How many of you believe God has a word for us? As long as it matches up to this word, we want to hear it. Amen. Praise God. Do you know there's power in numbers? Think about it. At the end of of an election, the individual with the most votes wins the election. When you have a bigger workforce, it increases productivity. A crowd of people provides safety when you're in an area that may be intimidating. And a larger voice, what does it do? It's more influential. The more people you have speaking the same thing, the more influence it carries. That can be a good thing or a bad thing, but we see the dynamic attached to it. And do you know spiritually the same principle is applicable? As believers, we are better together. Look at the person next to you and say, we're better together. (laughs) If some of you are speaking to your spouse, you better say, we're better together. You'll find when you have individuals, and all through life, all through history, we've seen this. But when people begin to stand alone, they're vulnerable. It's like a lone ranger, the lone wolf. It may work on TV, but it doesn't work in real life. Even Jesus, think about it. He chose 12 disciples, and he was God incarnate on earth. But yet he understood, and I believe, a divine principle of what it means to be team, better together. You'll find that when we understand the power of agreement, It changes everything. It'll change things in your own personal spiritual walk with Almighty God. It'll change maybe some of the principles you apply at work, on the job. When we work together, and that's why Jesus constantly was making disciples. He didn't say in the Great Commission, go and make converts. He said, go and make disciples. He understood, again, the power of agreement. So today I want to turn your attention, if you have your Bibles, turn in them to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. And I read, Assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three, say two or three, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Holy Spirit, just anoint your servant. Anoint these people in our auditorium, those who are watching online. Open their eyes, open their hearts, their minds. Grant them the spirit of wisdom and revelation that this word would not be just a moment, but that it would be life-changing. In Christ's name, amen. Jesus, in this portion of Scripture, he was having a one-on-one with his disciples. He was teaching them about spiritual warfare. That's why you see the aspect 
of binding and loosing, which is a whole other message and teaching. But as he's there with them, he emphasizes towards the tail end of this portion the importance and the power of being in agreement. Not just any agreement, but the kind of agreement that attracts God's presence. And that's what we need. You know, we can do all the right things, but if we don't have the presence of God with us, then it's all in vain. Look at Moses. He said, unless your presence goes with me, I won't go. He understood the importance of God's presence. Yes, I understand that upon salvation, the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, He comes in and takes up residence within our lives. I get that. But there's a difference between the abiding presence of God within us and the manifest presence of God which Jesus, when He prayed the Lord's Prayer, which was really giving us instruction, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth. But how does that happen? You know, He says, Hallowed be Your name. Let heaven touch earth. And so you'll find as you look when the manifest presence of God comes, when we attract because of the spirit of agreement, we are one, we're gathered together for one purpose, one purpose only, to lift up His name, to lift Him up so that His kingdom would be on earth as it is in heaven. And when we are focused to that degree, that's when anything is possible. Anything is possible. You know, I, I look at the Christian church in our nation. I was watching Dr. David Jeremiah this morning, and he spoke about, and this was from last year. It was a repeat from his series he did on the end times. But only 40% of Americans in 2021, so that's two years ago, in 2021, 47% of Americans attend church. That doesn't necessarily mean that they know Jesus. But they're church attenders of multi-across-the-table denominations and non-denominations. So when you look at the decline, obviously something has happened. And I believe with all of my heart, the church has become more personal goal-oriented rather than kingdom goal-oriented. And I say that as a pastor. It's very easy for churches in a local community where they feel like they're in competition. That's awful. Jesus, when the disciples said, hey, those guys over there, they're preaching in your name. Should we shut them down? That's obviously my personal uh, translation, the CLV, the Craig Lauderback version, right? <clears throat> and Jesus said, if they're not against us, they're for us. Leave them alone. When we become argumentative against other church organizations, not that we agree on everything, but if they're trying to win people to Jesus then pray for them if you see something. Hopefully they'll pray for us if they see something. And then we will be united in purpose. And that is what will unleash the presence of God. When we move away from our own personal kingdoms to one kingdom, the kingdom of God, where Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and reigns forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus was talking to them because he knew if they grasped, grasped hold of, of this principle, the importance of agreement, the importance of standing as one. He knew that would attract the presence of heaven. And so he wanted the disciples to know that his presence, if you're really going to experience the genuine presence of God, and not religion and religiosity, but the presence of God that breaks chains, breaks yokes, sets the captive free, 
brings healings into people's lives. I'm going to share a healing with you later on that happened this past week where it was a genuine supernatural intervention to God be the glory. But Jesus knew if we come to that place, and it had to start with his disciples because they would be mentoring believers and church leaders yet to come. When they genuinely grasp the power of agreement, then they would know that it's not about where you are, but it's about God's presence, meaning it's not about the place. So many times people take and, and, and they make a building holy. And, and, and holy worship should happen in a facility. But it's not about the building. It's not about brick and mortar. I mean, we just finished all of the interior painting in here and in the lobby throughout the facility. And the parking lot will be done. And, and, and we want this house of worship. Not the house of the Lord. We're the house of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. We're the temple of God. The Holy Spirit lives in us, not brick and mortar. But we want the appearance of our facility to reflect that there's order outside, there's a good presence outside, so that will attract people to come in and encounter Jesus inside. But bottom line is, when the return of Jesus comes, when the trumpet of God sounds, when the rapture happens, this facility is not going to meet the Lord in the air. Why? Because it's not about the building. It's not about the place. It's about people who worship in that place. It's about people who find him in that place. So in other words, a place can be anywhere, amen? God's presence can manifest anytime. Aren't you glad for that? And his presence can manifest any place. That's why Jesus begins by telling the disciples in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered. Now notice he doesn't define where where is he says where which means what wherever and the reason he does that is because he didn't want to emphasize where but rather who when you gather in his name it's about who we're lifting up it's about who we are praising it's about who we are placing at the center of our lives wherever that is that could be on the job that could be why you're walking in the mall. I have had many divine encounters with other people when I've been in just totally non-religious environments, whether in a restaurant, walking through the mall, drive through at Starbucks. Have you ever paid for the person behind you? And you tell the server who will give them all of their food or drinks for free, Tell them this is on Jesus. There are many ways we can cause his presence, his love, his face, his grace, his mercy to be seen. And it doesn't have to happen in church. What is church? It's our family dinner. We meet once a week, just like many families do. And we, we take and God says he prepares a table for us. And we come to his table and we eat what he has for us. Not natural food, but spiritual food. It brings strength. It equips us. It empowers us so that we can leave these four walls and then deal with life. But not as a victim, but honestly leaving the four walls combined with our own personal time with Jesus and become the devil's worst nightmare. Amen? How many of you feel like or you would like to be the devil's worst nightmare? You know, when he fears the very moment 
your eyes open. Your foot comes off the mattress onto the side of the bed. And when your foot hits the floor, it causes a trembling throughout hell. Satan fears us, yet many people fear him even more than they fear God. He knows if we come to that place where we understand what Jesus was emphasizing to his disciples. The power of agreement, his presence, what's capable in his name. No good thing, Scripture says, will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. To be able to encounter and experience the fullness of God's blessing, to pray and actually see results, to have prayers answered, to see lives turned around and changed. The other day, our, our bass player, Joe Latour, he sent me a text, and in the text, there was an attachment in Hellertown, Pennsylvania, which is about 45 minutes from here. Right off Route 412, there's Hellertown Elementary School. And he sent me this, and I put it on my Facebook page, and I also reached out to several people sending it so that they would pray. The elementary school for ages 5K through 6th grade, 11, they have taken and started a satanic after-school worship club. Now, think about this for a moment. If the church was more alive, and I mean the body of Christ, I believe because we have taken and placed the Holy Spirit and, and, and His miracle-working ability as a thing of the past. It's antiquated. We're, we're so quick to run to every other resource, and we should access the resources God has available for us. I believe in medical attention, doctors. God has brought healing to my body through the assistance of wonderful medical treatment and care. You know, but I've also had miracles apart from that. But healing is still healing no matter how you look at it. Somebody say amen. But sometimes we allow our faith and our confidence to stop only with people. Really, real, not realizing that all things are possible for those who believe. I think there needs to be a genuine revival, not just in one church, but across the board. I was following the Asbury revival in Kentucky and, and was so pleased. And, and it was genuine from God. But that's just a tremor. That's just like a, a downpour that hit for a short season in a certain area. But there is a move of God coming that's literally going to saturate. And I believe we're going to see nations around the world before the return of Jesus have a complete paradigm change. People coming to Christ in droves. That movie that came out, Jesus Revolution, that's when I got saved. I was in the whole rock music industry. I'm a drummer. And, and so during that time, that's when I found Christ and, and then got into the Christian music movement and, and my life was changed. That, that happened. Our nation was radically changed by that. It changed worship and churches. It, it, it gave alternatives and, 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 and wonderful Christian experiences through concerts and, and worship and churches for people to encounter. And, and, and as Larry Norman said, why does the devil have to have all of the good music, right? You know, for those that like music with a beat. And, and so it was wonderful, but God doesn't move just once. You'll find one principle, and I encourage you, I'll just give you this nugget. It's not in my notes. But the way the Lord begins, He always finishes. And when the church was given birth to in the book of Acts, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, 
The Lord gave birth to the church with a great outpouring of His Spirit. And when the church age ends prior to entering in to the tribulation, there will be one more great move of the Holy Spirit that will bring a worldwide harvest. That's going to happen. Every time I pray, I see it, but more important, I see it in Scripture. Amen? So Jesus understood, and He understands still. His Word hasn't changed. His methods haven't changed. He understands the importance of agreement. And you'll find, once people realize that we can stand in agreement as a group, then it even changes how you pray. What did Paul say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17? He said, pray without ceasing. That means prayer doesn't have to be limited. When we realize it's beyond a place, then that means prayer can happen anywhere. We become the place. And wherever we are, the mantle of prayer is with us. How many of you, I'm sure this is true, and those watching online have gone through areas, all of a sudden you see a group of young people gathered and, and you can tell they're just totally wasted on alcohol or drugs. Your heart breaks because maybe you have had a son or a daughter or a relative that has wrestled with and been under the bondage of, of substance abuse and addiction. And when you see them, you just walk and you begin to pray, Lord, move on them. I pray your Holy Spirit would touch them. Let them know, let them see that there's more than just this to find a temporary peace and hope. But Lord, they can find eternal peace, eternal hope through Jesus. Holy Spirit, move on them. I've had that many times. Sometimes I'll pass people and, and I see them under an infirmity or an affliction. And I just say, Lord God, just bring health to that person in the name of Jesus. I quietly pray. They, they don't know, but heaven hears me. That's called praying without ceasing. How about on the job? Maybe you're stressed, you're overwhelmed. You can just pray quietly on the job, in the spirit as well as with your understanding. Prayer can happen anywhere and anytime. Aren't you glad for that? And when we understand that, that it can happen anywhere and anytime, you know what the result of that is? It enlarges the power of agreement beyond yourself to the group. A bigger body. When others understand there are times when we need somebody to pray with us. To join in agreement for God's power to move, for an answer to come, for a breakthrough to happen. When we understand that and then we share that with others, then, as Jesus said, when two or three, it enlarges the whole group of prayer, which becomes like a spirit-filled prayer army. I believe we need more spirit-filled prayer armies. How about you? Do you know at creation... God was not alone. So many times, again, people try to accomplish something on their own. I don't need anyone. I don't need this person. I don't need that person. I can take care of this. When God wants us to partner with others in prayer to believe, so that not only when the breakthrough comes, our personal faith is strengthened, but others who had the blessing of participating with us in that prayer, carrying that together with us, says in Scriptures in Galatians, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we bear it together. Many of you, first service, second service, you know, who have had issues through the years under my pastoral, you know, uh, leadership, you know, there have been people, you have faced some very, very challenging things in your life, maybe with the family, finance, legalities, or, or even health issues. And it has always been, Cindy, my wife, and my pleasure to stand and to, to believe with you. And when God answers your prayer and your faith is strengthened, 
Our faith is strengthened. And when we share things with the body, the church in general, and we all agree, how many miracles have happened in this church because we've prayed in agreement and we've seen it through to the answered prayer and we all rejoice together. Amen? God is so faithful. And that's the benefit when we move beyond just being the lone wolf, the lone ranger, and we understand the importance of team. How many battles, how many wars over the history even of this nation, as well as history as far back as it can date, that we can track? How many wars were won by one person? There may be a leader who inspires, but it takes the entire unit to accomplish the objectives. Victory. And the same thing is spiritually. You know, there were so many great, powerful men and women of God in this scripture, amen, in this Bible. But it was always those that gathered around them. Even the prophet Elijah, he's one of my heroes when I read scripture. The one that God used to call down fire from heaven and to consume the sacrifice. But do you know he had 50 other students that served under him, stood with him, walked with him. They were prayer of agreement. They were strength. They were support. They joined together. Even when the 70 were sent out, he sent them two by two. There's power in agreement. When the disciples were sent out for a specific task, he would send them two by two as well. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, it wasn't just on one. It happened one individual at a time. But that unity, they were all together, gathered together in one accord. Unity, agreement. And it caused heaven to be attracted to earth. And the church was launched. The Spirit of God. At that moment, 120 people who believed in Jesus then were born again. Prior to the Holy Spirit coming, they believed in Christ, but they were not yet born again. But when the Holy Spirit was sent to earth, the born-again experience happened, as well as the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing when we gather together in His name what can happen. Praise the Lord. Jesus tells us in Matthew 18.20, where two or three are gathered together. Not two or three hundred, two or three. Sometimes we get caught up in numbers. You know, God's not impressed by numbers. You know who shows us that? When Gideon was appointed to be the next judge over Israel, he had 30,000 soldiers to go against the Midianites. God says, you got too many. Well, they were numbering over 100,000. 30,000 to me in my natural, I would say, God, do you know how to count 30,000 over 100,000? God says, you've got too many. They go down to the water. He says, anybody that drinks like a dog, right? Dogs are man's best friend. Some who are cat lovers would argue otherwise. But whoever laps up water like a dog, ask him to leave. He's left with 10,000 from 30. Finally, God says, you still got too many. The Lord eventually takes Gideon down to 300. Why? Because within that 300, there was agreement. The power of agreement. It's important when we gather in His name. In His name means in agreement with His word. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I remember once I was preaching in a church. I was a guest speaker. And right in the middle of the worship segment, a woman passed out. There was a, a registered nurse sitting next to this woman. It was a friend of this woman. She said, call 911. This woman is having a stroke. She recognized all of the symptoms. 
So they call 911, and I'm the guest speaker. The pastor's on vacation. And so immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, pray the prayer of faith. So we stopped the music. Obviously, it, had wind, it wound down very quickly because of what was transpiring. I walked down, and I said, how many of you believe this woman has a need? And everybody said, amen, amen. All concerned, someone in their church, someone they love. I get it. And I said, Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. We're going to pray for her needs right now. Then the Holy Spirit did something I had never up to that point of my life and ministry experienced. And He had me say this, If there's anyone in this room that doesn't believe God wants to touch her, please step outside while we pray, while we pray, because we don't want any doubt or unbelief to hinder what God wants to do for this woman. Now, no one got up and left. I don't know if it was because they didn't want to be marked forever. That's the one that didn't believe, right? But we stayed. We prayed in the name of Jesus. Then I just said, let's just resume singing that song while we wait on the uh, EMTs to come. And so they started singing the song. I remember it was the old hymn, Redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, his child and forever I am. Wonderful old Baptist hymn. I'm a Baptocostal, if you haven't noticed. I've been tampered with. And uh, during the time when the song was singing, all of a sudden, I was looking down because we were all watching to see how she was. All of a sudden, she sat right up in her seat. And it was like this. She took a deep breath. The EMTs came in. Everything came to a halt again. That was a church service I, I think none of the individuals who attended forgot. Then the woman starts yelling at the EMTs when they went to put her on the gurney, I'm healed, I'm healed. Jesus came to me and he touched me. They took her to the hospital. They ran all of the tests. They did substantiate that there had been a stroke, but everything had reversed that quickly. They sent her home that same day. She lived another eight years. She was an elder woman. I think she was like 78, 79. She lived into her late 80s. I remember because my mother was a part of that church. So she always would remind me, Craig, do you remember what happened that day when sister so-and-so? It just strengthened everyone because they were a part of a miracle. It strengthened their faith. Amen? And that's why God wants us to partner together. It's not about heroes anymore. There's only one hero, only one superstar. There's too many people trying to make money off the power of the Holy Spirit. That's an abomination. It should not be. There's only one superstar. And, and, and when we come to that place, then everybody feels like they're a part of the miracle. Every person that prayed with me that day, Cindy and I, when we were gathered, they were all a part of that woman being restored and being given eight more years of life. Why? Because there's power and agreement, and God always wants the agreement to go beyond just a person and Him to a larger group so that, that can impact a larger audience. Hallelujah. So how many of you believe there's power and agreement? Amen? Amen? Here's another story. This past week, my phone rang, and Mary Aluo, who sings on our worship team, um, the week prior, her mother in Nigeria was rushed, rushed to the hospital. She was having severe symptoms, had no balance, uh, couldn't see, her, her vision... Uh, she was more, you know, her cognancy was affected, and, 
and, and she just, her whole mind, she was just in and out, and it was worsening and just increasing. And so we had been praying. Then when I, uh, I called Mary, and I said, how's your mom? Uh, outside of church uh, uh, Sunday services. And she said, Pastor Craig, we're having her flown from Nigeria here to New Jersey. There's a, and there's a hospital outside of New York. The hospital in Nigeria said they couldn't do any testing for uh, 10 days. And she needs attention now. You know, I, sometimes I think we take for granted the wonderful health care we have available to, available to us here. Other countries, that's why they want to come to America where they can get immediate attention. That could be life and death. So they flew her in. Then I received a call. Mary said, please pray she's getting worse. And that's at the hospital. And, I, and the Holy Spirit immediately came over me. And I said to her, I said, in Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, the apostle Paul would pray over aprons and handkerchiefs, and they would be taken and laid upon the bodies of those who had infirmity, sickness. And I said, I'm going to pray for a handkerchief. I'm going to anoint it with oil, according to Scripture. And I'm going to pray healing power. Because obviously I, I couldn't make it to that area. And so you stop by, pick up the handkerchief. And what the Lord has really impressed on my heart is when you have this then, lay it on her face, her head. And then all of you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray healing take authority over infirmity, sickness, disease. And she had even shared that in Nigeria there was a woman that had approached her mother and her father for finance. And they did not feel led to provide the finance. So this woman said, I'm going to put a curse on you. So this could have even been something spiritual. That happens. So that's when, in this portion of Scripture like we read in the beginning, whatever we bind on earth... That doesn't mean we're binding up God, but we're binding up the strongholds of hell. Amen? And whatever we loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. We want the power of God that goes beyond anything natural to intervene and to bring restoration, to bring freedom, to break strongholds. The anointing, Scripture says, breaks the yoke. So I prayed over I felt the presence of God. I, I, was just, I, I, got, I was overwhelmed, and, and most of what I prayed, I prayed healing scriptures. I, I, I wanted the Word of God all over, you know, that touch point. And that's all a handkerchief is, is a touch point, just like the laying on of hands. But I also prayed in the Holy Spirit, in my prayer language, and God, I felt His presence. Well, Mary stopped by that same day. I was on a conference call then, and Cindy took the handkerchief out to her. She and her husband, Sam, were in the car. They immediately then left went to the hospital in New Jersey. Well, here's the results. The handkerchief was placed on her head. They prayed in the Spirit. Her mother, all of the symptoms broke immediately. She's now home, right, at one of, the, her, sibling, one of her children in New Jersey, and she is recovering. The doctor said, we are astounded how everything is coming back so quickly. You know, in, in the Scripture, sometimes people say, well, maybe that's just coincidental. But you know when it's, there are certain times when a healing is instantaneous. And then when it says in Scripture, you shall lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, that comes from a Greek word that the medical community uses that they name a recovery room after following a surgical process. And so there are times when miracles, just like the ten lepers, as they went their way, they were made whole. Amen? So sometimes if you don't see immediate response, 
the way you want. Obviously, with Mary's mother, this was supernatural. But what does that tell us? There's power and agreement. Now, how was there agreement with that? Well, Mary shared a need. I felt the Holy Spirit. Just, it, it was just, I, I believe, a prophetic word that came over me, what she needed. Then I passed it on to Mary. She was obedient. She carried that handkerchief. Her husband, then all of her sisters and brothers, they all gathered around her mother. Her father was there. They all prayed the power of agreement. And then the power of God was released, and now she's restored. And we pray even a much, 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 much. I'm sure if they're watching online right now that her mother appreciates all the much I just gave her. Right? A much, much longer life in the name of Jesus. There's power in prayer, and when we gather together in agreement, miracles happen. Amen? What am I saying? We're better together. Look at the person next to you and say, we're better together. Say it again. I love what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. He says, though one may be overpowered by another. See, a lone ranger doesn't always make it. Two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Many times when people stand alone, it's overwhelming, discouraging. I'm so thankful for my wife and the woman God placed will be celebrating in August 43 years of marriage. And I'm so grateful because there are times when I need encouragement, believe it or not. And she becomes the voice of God to speak strength into my life. And it goes both ways. And then for others that God puts in our lives, Christian friendships, Christian leaders that encourage us. Thank God we are there. But if we're by ourselves, who speaks into our lives? That could be a, a pivoting moment in our lives where it could derail us, knock us off course, and then we don't finish the cause, the journey God has for us. We are always better together. Hallelujah. There is power. What? In the name. In the name of Jesus, there is power. And when all of us are mentioning, lifting up His name, two or three, and then if the multitude grows beyond that, blessed be His name. Amen? But when we lift up His name, there is power. Do you know there is only one name that will bring heaven, that will bring earth, and even hell to its knees? The name of Jesus. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together, how? In my name. It's not about an organization. It's about the name of Jesus. You know, He is the one that went to the cross. And all of the power and the authority of the throne of heaven stands behind God the Son. So that when we gather in His name, lift up His name, and take authority in His name, the tide is changed. The darkness is pierced with the light. And miracles are released. Hallelujah. There's only one name that captures the attention of hell, the attention of heaven, and the attention of earth. It's the name of Jesus. It reminds me of the seven sons of Sceva. Remember, they, they, were, they were itinerant, you know, uh, exorcists. And you find it in the book of Acts. And they were going around. People would pay them money to cast demons out of, of individuals that had issues. They, they were just profiteering. That's all they were doing. They had no anointing. They were just scams like we see even in our modern day and age. And, and so they went up to one guy that was a legitimate, bona fide, demon-possessed individual. 
And, and so you know someone doesn't really have the right relationship with God when they pray like this. In the name of Jesus, who Paul serves, come out. The Spirit speaks through this man. He says, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Right? That is a moment when you need to recognize you need to get as far away from who's talking as you can. But before they could even move, the spirits in this man jumped on the seven sons, beat them, stripped them. But yet when Jesus stood before the demoniac at the gathering tombs, and when he walked up, the man looking for hope with the spirits controlling the man, this man immediately fell to his knees, knees and he says, Jesus, why are you here? Have you come to torment us before our time? You know, what a moment. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that he is Lord. Hallelujah. To the glory of the Father. Praise the Lord. Philippians 2, 10 and 11. Gathering in his name. Again, I'm emphasizing it time and time again because I want you to remember when we gather in his name, it brings heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Moses talks about the power of agreement. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30, look at it with me. One can chase a thousand. And two, put 10,000 to flight. God wired us to where we need more than just ourselves. Oh, yes, we need him. But we need more than just ourselves. Remember when man was created? What did God say? Book of Genesis. It's not good for man to be alone. In the Hebrew, that word alone is actually translated as well as lonely. God doesn't want us shut off and isolated. It's when loneliness can set in. God says it's not good. It's not healthy. And so he fashioned and formed Eve from the rib of Adam. When he looked at when she was complete, this indeed is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. God intended husbands and wives to be partners, to destroy or to dispel is a better word, that loneliness. He knew rather than by themselves, they would be better together. And if God designed and wired us that way, those of us that may not have family anymore, or maybe our marriage is no longer there, or maybe there was a death of a loved one, a spouse, or, or, or maybe even the pain of a divorce, and, and now you're, you're, you're surviving, you're moving on beyond, that's what the church becomes, a church that really lifts up Jesus. We become the family of God. It's astounding how through Scripture you see references to family when it comes to Christians. You know, brother and sister, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. You know, there's that constant reference to family. And that's why human beings were made. God fashioned man and then woman because he wanted a family. That's why we're created in his image. No other part of creation, no other animal, no other reptile, no, no other fish that swims the fresh and salt waters 
No other fowl that fills the air. None of them were fashioned and created in the image of God. Only humans. Why? We were created to have a relationship. The only creation that God would come down and walk with them in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden was Adam and Eve. We're special. We're family, sons, and daughters. That's why Jesus came. He came to get that lost sheep. He came to grab that prodigal who had strayed from the home. He came to bring us back to relationship, only not like it was in the garden before the fall, even better. Because Adam did not have the Holy Spirit within him, according to Scripture, before the fall. But now, because of the cross, thank God, redeemed, filled with His Spirit, the likeness of God. And He said, you'll do greater things than I've done. And that's what it means when we're better together. It enables us to multiply the works of Jesus through the multitudes rather than just one person at a time. Amen? Praise the Lord. In conclusion, to gather in His name, you first must bear His name. You need to know Jesus. You need to commit your life to Him. Just because you go to church, that doesn't make you a Christian, right? I go to Wegmans, but it doesn't make me produce, right? We can participate in something without being a part of something. We need to bear His name, and that comes through committing your life personally to Jesus Christ. That's what the Scripture, what Jesus said. You need to be born again, brought back to life spiritually, from darkness to light. What Adam lost in the garden, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, recaptured, regained on the cross. Once we bear His name, then our walk with Him in fulfilling our purpose in life is to declare His name. Declare His name individually and corporately as a body, as an army, better together. What this world needs isn't going to happen on a Sunday service. What this world needs isn't going to happen in some big crusade somewhere. And all of those things are good. But the way real revival will transpire is when the body, all of us, do our part. Invite someone to church. Someone has a need. Say, you know, I don't know what you're going through, but I, I want you to know I'm going to, I'm going to be praying for you. You don't have to be a theologian. Just care. Just love. And they will see the Jesus in you. When we care enough to take time, that's when people will open up and then they will want the same Jesus we have. That's why I said earlier, Jesus didn't tell us to make converts. He told us to make disciples. And so God's call to us is to work together as one and establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And you know, I love the promise Jesus gives, and this is my closing verse. Verse 20 of chapter 18 of our text. When we do this together, look at what he says. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. So many times people don't venture out and try and share because they're scared. Lord, I I feel like I'm all alone. No, his word is, as you gather together, trust me, You may not see it with the natural eye, but I promise you, I am there. You're not alone. So for some of you, if this is beyond your your comfort area, God wants you to know as you're obedient to what He has 
asked of us, the Christian church. He said, you will not be there alone, but I will be there with you. I will cause your words to impact and fall on good ground. I will cause my spirit to move on your behalf so that these people will know that what you share is truth and genuine. You'll be astounded. Sometimes you'll speak with people, and maybe years later they'll say something to you and say, yeah, I became a Christian. Really? How that happened? Say, well, you never, you know, I never forgot what you said to me many, many years ago. And that got me thinking. And now look at where I am. Every word we share, every act of love we do is a seed we plant in the life of someone else. So we're all farmers today. Amen? Praise the Lord. We are better together. This church will never be what it needs to be without all of us working together. Amen? VBS is going to be an outreach to the community. And our event, our outreach, will be that much more effective as many share in the ministry, carrying the load together and impacting little children, just like the ones that are being impacted by that after-school Satan club. You don't know what's going on in the homes of families that surround this church, but God does. And we're here to be a light. We're here to be a voice of hope. Amen. Praise the Lord. Alex, I look at you. All the years that you were in bondage to alcohol, and now you're one of my elders. You work for this incredible Israeli company, and you have a wife that prays you through from the valley all the way to the mountaintop who loves Jesus, loves you, loves her family. That's the gospel. And I'm sure, Mary Ann, you had many, many people that were praying with you, two or three. And look at the results. He was there, and now he's here. And he's one of our elders in the church. What a man of God. You see, prayer works, and as we gather and agree together, God shows up. And when he shows up, everything changes. Amen? Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.